Hi folks, a little bit of housekeeping before we start the podcast. We are live at noon with a rundown of the week that was, including some fantastic guests. And uh, you, if you're around, register now at um, our Patreon feed, patreon.com forward slash tortoise Come along and you get to have your say. We will turn off the recording and we will turn on the mics. Everybody can have a chat. Um, it's always the most fun podcast of the week, even if the topics tend to be quite heavy. Uh, the podcast you're with here was recorded about two weeks ago with the amazing comedy duo Exploding heads uh give it a listen enjoy it and do support the work the lads do also um we have three or four already lined up for next week including a brilliant conversation on uh, the choices unfortunately facing people this winter between eating and heating and you're going to want to hear that also a way to make your submission to the commission on the citizens assembly on the right to housing so we'll have that's just two of i think three booked and one more to come so so yeah there's a ton more and i need to push the fact that shrapnel uh, is out now episode three is in the can i'm about to put it out for our patrons and it is a must 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 listen um thanks for the support thanks for liking sharing telling everybody do help us if you can. Do join us on patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. It really helps. It's the only way we keep this show on the road. Uh, enjoy this conversation. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves. You know that and you're already sick of me telling you that. But nonetheless, here we are again. I have been looking forward to this conversation uh, for quite a while. It's, it's, it's one of these where it's, Tony, why do you always be the guy who says, you know, I want to talk to the people I want to hear from and you guys don't get a say in it. But that is why I get to host these things and produce them. So, so yeah, (laughs) I don't care. Uh, It is an absolute pleasure to be joined by the two comedians behind the exploding heads. Uh, I'm going to call them Phenomenon Online. Uh, Mark Davison, who is an actor, comedian and hosted uh, ITV's uh, Coca-Cola Cup coverage between 1992 and 1993, uh, clearly. And um, Anthony Richardson, who is also a comedian. He calls himself mostly sports comedian voiceover artist and unfortunately not the starting quarterback with the Florida Gators oh um, I wish but- he's oh man I followed his career closely from when he was about 11 because honestly if you google my name it's him it's, it's the just first, him it's the very it's first thing that pops him. up yeah, yeah. he's doing well oh, I'm yeah. hoping he doesn't have a, that great a career because I'd quite like to go on to, like SEO wise I'd like to be the first page of Google but yeah, yeah good for him good luck there's a lot there's a lot of searching to find Anthony as, as you can mm. as you hear but we, we, we can hopefully turn that around and I don't think today events like today are going to get us there Anthony but nonetheless um, lads just before we start where can people find your stuff and how can they support you the best place to find us is our Twitter account, which is just Exploding Heads. Uh, simple, easy to find. That's where most of our stuff gets dumped. And, uh, and also, you can just buy us a coffee without even seeing any of our work. Yeah, uh, please, please do that. We're more interested in the, the you, you don't need to see us. Do. Just give us the money. It's ko-fi.com forward slash exploding heads. And, you know, much like in the same way we, we rely on the Patreon model on this, this is, you know, the content goes out for free, but that does not mean that it doesn't have a value. There's always a value to it. If you're getting something, mm. try and give something back, folks. Listen, lads, I just want to ask you just straight off the bat, were you uh, pleasantly su- surprised by the success, uh, Anthony, of the uh, the sketches and how they've really ga- gained momentum uh, by just being... I'm going to use that awful word, by getting on the zeitgeist and you tapped into it very successfully with those quick turnarounds. Uh, but were you surprised that it, that it took off so well? Um, yeah, I was actually, because we, we spent 10 years doing sports stuff and then we were like, oh God, the pandemic's cancelled all sports, so we might have to do politics now. 
And literally every, every day, and it still happens every day, I woke up, wake up and read the news and just say to myself, Jesus Christ. Um, so there's plenty of material out there on a, de- on a minute by minute basis. Mm. Um, and then it's just a question of harnessing it. And we've been doing sort of green screen sketches and everything for about 10 years. So we felt like we were kind of good in a good position. To, like we'd kind of like, taught ourselves how to do it by the time we started doing politics stuff. But I mean, goodness, like I couldn't believe people actually, you know, because usually people look at our stuff and just silently shake their heads and then scroll up. But yeah, um, it certainly, yeah, it certainly started resonating. And, you know, people are demanding we make T-shirts with Colin's catchphrases. (laughs) I don't have time to do that. Love to the family. (laughs) I'm particularly I'm... enjoying people saying to us, "Oh, you overnight successes." Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We our first sketch was about the the Olympics coming to London. Yeah, in, in twenty year overnight success, twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's literally taken us ten years to be overnight successes. Yeah, we had four thousand followers on Twitter. We we were gaining kind of like three and four a week. Mm. And and you know if if you got into double figures of new followers for the day, that was a huge success. And then since January of this year, we've gone from four thousand to nearly fifty one thousand, and it it feels like an overnight success if you're new to us. But we we've been slogging away for a long time. Yeah, yeah. This- a lot of people, you know, we get things like, "Oh, I, I thought you guys had stopped. I thought you guys had stopped five years ago." And it's like, well, you know, thanks thanks for carrying on with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With your help. There's uh, what's the um, there's. There's the one of the history podcasts that um, that that I think he said the same phrase you use, Mark. He said after 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 30 years working as a historian, I'm an overnight success. You know, it, it blew up as that, and that is very much the the, the long slog that got, that goes that's gone into it. But I put it to you, uh, Mark, that the sports uh, sketches. Uh, all even even the even the all the earlier stuff that I've gone back and looked at, they all kind of played. There was a, there was always an undercurrent of of politics in them as well, um, and that 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 mindset that that uh, that that comes true now in the po- in the political sketches. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we we were always poking fun at the the presentation of football rather than specifically football itself. The the sports coverage and the way that media companies approach it. It's so utterly ridiculous. It felt like, just as Chris Morris took current affairs to task with Brass Eye and really just blew all their pomposity out of the water, that's kind of what our first approach was, to to just highlight how ridiculous football coverage is. To the, to the extent as well that it's getting harder to satirise because the real football coverage is almost as ridiculous as ours. Anthony begins every bit of coverage with big, 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 big game. Yeah. You almost can't put enough bigs in because someone on Sky Sports is going to do exactly the same thing, but not doing it for comic effect. We're, we're pyrotechnics. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 ludicrous. And and the phrase "top top," you, you can't just use one top. He's a top manager. No, he's not. He's a top top manager. So we now put four in. And and the other day, some, someone on BBC Football Focus did top 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 footballer. Yeah, it's mad. Uh, and Anthony, you're you're right though. The, the the I think they refer to it often as the satire paradox, where you're trying to you know you're trying to make that, but the actual reality is is making it more difficult to do it. And also, the people who are maybe been satirized actually don't read. They, they 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 take it as this kind of um, wow, you know, they, he got me good there, and uh, not seeing the actual the they're being poked at. 
Yeah, that's right. It's um, yeah, it's kind of almost worn as a badge of honor mm. when when someone feels that they're being sort of mimicked. It's, it's yeah, it's very it's it's similar to when um, an impressionist does an impression of like uh, you know Graham Souness or whatever, and they would take that as a compliment, kind of thing. Mm. It's quite similar in that regard. Do you know what I mean? Um, we, we, there's so much in football and sport in general that's that is kind of almost like a microcosm of politics as a whole. Um, you've got like really rich owners not, not caring for sort of the fans putting kickoffs at ridiculous times, uh, making fans travel down and travel back up again after the trains have already stopped running. Um, ridiculous finances, um, various amounts of xenophobia. Um, yeah, it's just a massive melting pot of like something ridiculous happens each week, just like it does in politics. And there's a clear sort of, well, it's not clear cut, but there's very much a, you know, a big man kicking the little man sort of feel in football, um, as well as in politics. So yeah, we try and take the side of the little man sort of kicking back up at the big man, but yeah. Can, can yeah. I, often now here's the, the, you know, the, some of the sketches that there is that also that, um, I'm going to say the phrase and you can, you can hate me all you want that little Englander, um, uh, just thinly veiled mindset as well. You know, mm. he, he's a football man. He knows the club. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, this kind of, this, this mentality. And that's not beyond parody. We've seen it with, with, uh, some of the, some of the managers. They've spoken openly. And we saw it this week, you know, uh, you mentioned Graeme Soonis. He didn't exactly have a, a great, a great week it's himself. A man's game. Yeah, it's yeah, a man's game. It's a man's game. Uh, after after a few weeks after the 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 uh, English ladies had won the European Championships, yeah, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's um it is a little Englander mindset. It's um yeah it it it's quite sort of insular. We are quite insular as a uh, as a country. Um and and you know in one of the lines of our a recent sketch we did where. A foreign manager comes in, yeah. and I and Ian says, Ian Five Ankles says, I, I, you know, I've never heard of him, and I say, well, he's won two Champions Leagues, and then Ian says, well, not in this country, he hasn't, yeah, yeah. and that is, you know, it's it's being very cynic, um, suspicious of of outside, very very conservative. It's, That's right, it's, yeah, it's very averse to change, and yeah, it was better in the old days. It's 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 a lot of conservative values writ large across, but, but, but the amazing the thing is as well though is that they you know there is like a def- definite sign of progression it's like you even with jesse marsh the um the leeds united manager who came in last season to leeds and pundits were absolutely appalled so that he did like a group huddle on the pitch after the game because he's american obviously that there was the xenophobia there but now like it, it only takes a few months for for people to genuinely warm to to foreign imports until we absolutely love them yeah so it's kind of like this weird sort of like oh you're not one of us at the start and then it's oh yeah no we absolutely love you and uh here's a massive mural outside the trafford center we we used to we used to present regular premier league coverage uh, as part of espn's uh, sports coverage, the the American broadcaster, they they didn't have rights to the Premier League, but there was a huge interest in it, so they employed people like us to just comment on it. And obviously, because it was us, it was comedic. And one of the most successful sketches we did was the two of us as angry ranters, just shouting at the camera, "No more foreign managers in the Premier League." And then one of us was like, "Well, apart from Jose Mourinho, yeah. oh yeah, apart from him." And it just got it was a really hard script to learn because by the end we were chanting. No more foreign managers than Premier League apart from, and then this massive yeah, list of yeah, people yeah, yeah, that we yeah, did yeah. approve of. It, 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 but again, see, this is all like a friend of mine is involved in, in a, um, in a, an awareness campaign in Sweden called Locker Room Talk. 
And it's about that culture of the, of breaking down those things about the, maybe it's xenophobia, it could be sexism, it could be misogyny, it could be any of these, you know, uh, anti LGBT feelings. And in the, I hate to say it, lads, we, we get very upset in, in, in Ireland about the attempts here to import the successfully imported culture wars that are playing out in, in the UK. And you see it, you know, you see it now more and more whereby that, that it's becoming that issue and it's creeping into the language around sport and it's definitely, uh, you know, to the point where it's a, it's an active topic in the in the Tory uh, leadership campaign, like you know, one of the questions from the floor is always going to be, "Tell me what a woman is." Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Tell us what a woman is in this period where no one can afford to heat their own homes. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. it's uh, yeah. The culture wars are being very much sort of promoted beyond like, and I, and I I think I read somewhere that actually even like members of the you know Tory members they don't care about that particularly you know they they care about the same things everyone else cares about to an extent and i'm not i'm not trying to belittle um you know trans rights or, or women's rights or anything like that but like you know no, they, no, it's, it's, they, they, they're, they're having these culture wars forced down them um, it's actually distraction theater but why mm. when you guys have this so, so let's let's go on to the to the colin character from portsmouth for a moment because you know um there was a really great sketch where uh where you talked about you know the incredible idea of uh reprogramming um <laughs> centers you know uh and uh, and, uh colin uh colin was all in favor of it mark except for unless it was built near him in portsmouth and then he didn't want it there yeah now from an irish context we had a weird little issue with with with, with the brits called internment you know you might have heard of it we didn't exactly yeah. like that you know but it, it the, the the echoes of history on that were were, uh, were not were, were look that was really said. This was really, you know, a kite was flo- flown for that. But, you know, bring this on to some of that sort of coverage and how you actually try to make it accessible to people and actually make a joke out of it. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's in many ways, it's an easy time to be satirists in that there's so much that's utterly ridiculous. Uh, uh, we live in a post-truth world, apparently. So pe- people feel able to to just shout loudly and at some length without actually knowing what they're talking about. The the the, the flip flopping that Colin does is quite hard to write in that it has to, you needed to follow a certain logic in order for people to come with you, and then you need to spin it in a way that they will also go with you, even though he's just completely contradicting what he's just said. Um, I mean, I think Michael Gove has a lot to answer for in saying we're we're, we're tired of experts. It's just given license to. People like Colin. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've not read about this, but I'm going to shout loudly for half an hour about this. Mm. And 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 Anthony, you have to sit there and then, and obviously in the sketch when you're writing these pieces, uh, you're actually your facial expressions have to actually engage with that kind of yeah yeah no yeah yeah cringe yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. But also because um, Colin's quite a sympathetic character in my view. Mm. He's quite more layered than a than a caricature. We, we've taken great pains to make <coughs> sure he he never loses that element of being sympathetic. That's right. I, yeah, I've, we both feel that you know it, it's too easy to just laugh at the stupid people that call in to talk radio. That that there is a, a deeper, more serious thing going on. In that a lot of these people are not bad people. They've been lied to. They've been manipulated. They voted for things that are actively harming their own lives. It needs to be more nuanced than maybe people realize. 
That's right. And yeah, I've worked very hard on my facial expressions to, <laughs> to convey that. And, I don't know uh, how you do it because I'm, I'm an absolute mess this side, but I'm not yeah. seen, so I can... I can afford I, I, no, but I, ca- I quite enjoy that because it's I can almost see, you know, I think I poked a fun at you, Anthony, on, on social media where I said, look at that Lineker loving face. Because, mm. you, you know, because <laughs> you were, you know, you know, you know, who's it? Gary Lineker's in the Quran or whatever. Was this was this a line? And I just. That's and, right. Yeah. And it was just an incredible line. And I thought to myself, oh, this is this is brilliant. But your your facial expression sold it. It actually gave it that kind of <laughs> like. And, and it is important in, the, in this in this day and age where we're able to talk to people and actually actually meet them where they are because you know when you when someone has maybe they're they're putting forward an opinion that has been shared by uh, you know uh, a right wing uh, shock jock for example and yeah and we have to counter yeah. that but do, the way the way of countering that is to actually meet people where they are and sometimes in the sketches anthony you you're trying to do that you're trying to go to you know tell if, like a simple one for me is where it's always like, you know, tell me what, what, you know, what's wrong. Jeremy Corbyn. Of course it's Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, that's you know. right. I, and also there's, um, and, and as much as I absolutely love, like, uh, for example, James O'Brien and, you know, hosts uh, like him, I think they're extremely skilled. They, they are, there's, there's this relationship with the caller where they disagree with their views, but they, they still need them to communicate their views. Mm. So they can't just, you can't just shut them down. And, and I think I try to portray that as the character where it's like, I, I might not agree with Colin's views, but I need him. <laughs> mm. I need him just as much as he needs me because he needs to ring up every day because that, that fulfills this shouty void in his life. But I need him because I need the uh, I need the content. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we're starting to think about fleshing out the Colin story and, and the present, Anthony, the presenter's story and into a, a, a more longer form kind of narrative thing. And, and I think that, that symbiotic relationship is absolutely vital. They both need each mm. other. They're, in theory, they're polar opposites. They should hate each other, but they can't because they need each other. And actually, there's plenty of overlap in in their respective humanities. So, yeah, it's like uh, a buddy movie, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Or a buddy it's sitcom. The, or the, the oddest couple that yeah. have to do something together. Um, but at the same time, we must never lose sight of being funny. That's oh, the yeah. single yeah, yeah, most yeah. important thing that, you know, if, if this isn't making people laugh, then, then we failed. But but the, but the love to the family bit at the end gives it, hopefully, in my view, that like sweetness of. I've just said all of this really vile stuff. Yeah, yeah. But oh, by the way, we're still mates, right? It, it's it, like, well, yeah, but, we but are I, still I think, mates. Yeah, because like, I've got what... a couple of like close friends of mine that have, have very different views from from myself, and uh, they they definitely uh, voted to leave, and they're they're strong. Um, supporters of the Conservatives and even sort of still back Boris now. And I, I still love them to bits. And it's kind of like, I think of them when I do these as well, because it's like, you know, how can I make them sort of laugh as well at the same yeah. time? I, I'm the same. I, I grew up in Southeast Kent, which is true blue heartland, massively opposed to what I actually believe politically. But my, my family is still there. Mm. So I'm, I'm kind of channeling people I know and love when, when I'm, ranting is Colin but when you say ranting it's that quick fire part where much of what you're reading is fact 
you know, which of what you're actually saying is fact. It's this kind of, you know, this is a, something that maybe Liz Truss has said, you're, but you're just, you're just, uh, you're just using it. You know, this is, this is a promise or, or, you know, the, you, you refer to Michael Gove and shredding all of the, the EU laws and, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, like the classic line. And I say this as, as someone who was involved. I worked with RBS folks. I helped bring down the world. Um, and you have that line where it says, you know, and, and they want to have this, this uh, regulation to prevent 2008 happening all over again. And I'm dying. You know, I'm listening to that. Dying, going, yeah, I, re- I remember light touch regulation. <laughs> uh, so you're, so you're throwing in those, um, th- those truth bombs, if I could, if I can be, um, use the, the phraseology of the cool kids. And, but you still have to make it funny, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, personally, I find impotent rage really funny. I mean, it's probably the, the, the best practitioner of that is, is John Cleese's Basil Fawlty, but. Uh, yeah, I I think there's there's something so kind of poignant and funny about someone apoplectic with rage without understanding what he's angry about. So I, I hate it. I don't know why. We just call that Twitter <laughs> nowadays, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think a, a, a big part of it's a double edged thing for us because Twitter is 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 a pretty toxic place. But without it, we we would be nowhere. It's we've completely ridden the wave of we, we were forced to to go into our own rooms and do our own thing because the industry that we both work in completely shut down for two years. Mm. Uh, and and were it not for the pandemic, we wouldn't have 51,000 followers on Twitter now. So, But but yeah, it's a pretty toxic place. There's no, there's no room for debate anymore, we, mm. we, which is something I'm... Uh, forgive me if I'm jumping the gun here and you wanted to touch on this later, but we want to try and gently change people's minds or open people's minds up. And actually, the, one of the problems we have is these fifty-one thousand followers. Ninety-nine percent of them agree with us. Which mm, is that's lovely, true. Yeah. Well, you are on how, the Echo Chamber podcast, let's exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly right. It, exactly. It's a big, you know, it's a raison d'être for this very podcast. But how how do we how do we talk to the other side? How how do we win people over? Probably not as we're doing, doing, to be honest. No, 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 one's, <laughs> no one from the other side is listening to us. So they, Probably they, not. They as just want us to shut up. I am um, going back to like two years where everything shut down. Mm. This was literally. You know, this is our, our not only our jobs, but what we do for a hobby as well, which we're quite lucky to obviously be paid to do a hobby. You know, that's the dream, isn't it? Um, but for two, for a year or so, where literally there was no work, this is what kept us going in terms of like mentally. You know, just making sure we did sketches, and we didn't hit on actually doing the calling because for for about three or four months of the pandemic, we were still still employed by ESPN, so we were making remote sketches in our houses for. For ESPN, those sketches coverage. got weirder and weirder. Until the sketches ESPN got weirder and weirder because there was no football. So, yeah, we paying these up, guys you know. to do this. What? <laughs> yeah, we eventually got fired, uh, not through any fault of our own, but they just got rid of all freelancers. So we, we, you know, uh, they had to let us go, and obviously that's completely understandable. But, but in that period of time, you got to record. Like I, I, one of my, I, I. I listen to a podcast called Second Captains. It's, uh, it's five times a week. It's, you know, it's hugely successful. They're, they're award winning. But during that period, it's like, you know, let's get someone on to talk about the guy who caught, who played third baseman in, in, in a MLB <laughs> game. And, you know, and, and now, and you have to make that interesting. So it was really difficult. And you're, you're, you're in that mindset. But what you guys were doing then is trying to find that, find that formula that worked. And, the online sketch, the, the two minute 20, uh, restriction that Twitter puts on you, 
you know, I my I always say Chekhov is my favorite. People, I like Tolstoy, but give me Chekhov because it's brevity, brevity, brevity. And you have to you have to work in within that. Did you find that even those parameters, learning the ropes of that, and then seeing this, you know, because a lot of people blew up like that. You know, I mentioned people who've been on the podcast previously, like Eleanor Morton. I see she, her Craig character was in was in Edinburgh Fringe last night. You know, yeah, and, it sold out, didn't it? And, yeah, yeah. But the foot, like Eleanor Morton, left me a WhatsApp um, as Craig wishing us a happy Christmas that, you know, which was like, if that's what you're into, if not, whatever kind of thing, you know, <laughs> these are the types, but, but it was purely about getting that, that, that two minutes, 20 thing. Did you, it took time, I'm guessing, to try and find, find that formula and, and work what you've already done, all that experience into that, into that medium. Well, kind of, but for, for when we worked for ESPN, we had to do sketches that we had to deliver in two formats. We had to do one for that had to be under 90 seconds yeah. and the same sketch o- over four minutes for YouTube. So like we had to, when we ever, we wrote ideas and wrote scripts, we had to, we literally had a long script that was our YouTube script. And then we had a cut down from that for 90 seconds which was the best jokes from that four minutes. And as long as it made sense. So we've had that discipline in our heads for like three or four years before the pandemic, where it's like, God, we got to just be funny within 90 seconds, hit it, get out even less if if possible. That's great. Mm. I mean, even I, I don't think we ever do even over two minutes on Twitter, like everything's so short and it's just, just that's the medium we sort of work in now. And we've had that for ages and, I mean, when I started out, I was writing sketches that were four or five pages and unarguably now it's better, it's better now because I get to the joke quicker. It's been like the massive education in writing mm. where you strip out all of the fat, um, just get to the funny straight away. And the analytics are brutal. You know, the people yeah. will switch off after two seconds. So yes. give yeah. us a chance. Yeah. I've what barely said anything. Yeah. But uh, we, we both. We both grew up around the stand-up circuit as well, and and as you probably know, when when you're starting out, you only get five minutes, and it, that is a great discipline. It's it's if you can't walk on stage and win people over in the first thirty seconds, then those five minutes are going to be a long, painful five minutes. I could not do that. I was terrible at stand-up. I um, I don't think I was true. just rubbish. But, but, I was, but, but did, yeah, but but just like, couldn't do it. but when you said just couldn't do it, I always t- say to people. You need to get your reps in. Like I've done, I've done over a thousand podcasts. Uh, I I die listening to my first two hundred times. I was doing that sort of yeah. stuff. You know, absolutely die. And um, uh, there was uh, just like as an aside, I was asked to come along to a, 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 po- a political chat show, and I was going to be asked a question, uh, to ask a question kind of thing. And you know, one of the guys said to me, "Look, whatever you do, don't don't do don't play, don't do what they tell you to do. You know, just do what you want to do." And very much I went, there was a, people sitting on the panel and I went down the panel, bang, 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 bang. And everybody sat there with the jaws on the floor going, and I, and I, the producer rang me the next day and he went, you know, kind of, that wasn't what was agreed. However, it was bloody amazing. And I went, yeah, but I've got 800 hours of broadcasting behind me. Of course I'm going to, you know, like, so, so you guys have, you've brought all of that into this. Can I, can I go back though to, the idea of talking to the other side because it's been itching at me since you said it. I think so, the, the the issue sometimes when you're doing satire is the other side sees themselves in it but doesn't see the doesn't see you know the the problem with it. It's uh, can you know I can see myself in that but I don't actually understand why 
that's an issue. I think it's, I think it's, you know, it, it's back to Harry Enfield's loads of money being, being adored by the people he was supposed to uh, be yeah. satirizing. Yeah, we, we do start to get a little bit of that with Colin. People saying without irony, Colin should be prime minister. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we, we want, it's really hard to avoid because we, 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 however ridiculous it is, we're pretty deadpan in what we do. There's no massive kind of sign saying this is satire. Our, our Twitter profiles don't really draw attention to the fact that we're, we're taking the piss here. So, so like to go back to the sports coverage in the early days, people, some people would think it was real because we were so deadpan. Even though I just said Liverpool will line up in the order in which they lost their virginity, oh, we'd get, we'd get people underneath that saying, well, if this is what sports journalism has descended to, I despair. So, no, it's clearly a joke. Mm. And the same with Colin. A lot of people like, yeah, Colin tells it like it is. Go Colin. We love Colin. And I'm not entirely sure all of those are in on the joke. I think some of those are just watching it thinking, I don't know what this radio show is, but this guy talks sense. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a problem. Al, Al Murray has the same thing. It's like he is satirizing the, the Ferrari supporters, but they don't fully appreciate that in that they, they think he's talking sense. Uh, Anthony, do you, uh, do you find that when you're trying to write these now that you're, you can also hear that, that voice in your head that's going to say, um, I can see the guy pumping his fist when he sees this and thinking this is great rather than uh, being in on the joke? I yeah, Mark is convinced that people are not in and on the joke. But whenever I read them, I just assume they are joking. So I don't. It's too so worrying. I don't necessarily otherwise. have that. I I always see irony in every person that that is writing under our stuff. So I yeah, I mean, I I, I think that the the messages we get from people who are do think like Colin uh, without any irony, I, I think they just dislike it and tell us so 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 yeah it's when i write it i don't necessarily think of those i i i have a very um for uh focused mind of just how can i satirize what rishi sunak has just said in as ridiculous and uh, and a truthful way as possible which is also funny um so yeah i'm not necessarily trying to to second guess an audience's sort of reaction I'm more just have I have I achieved what I've set out to achieve by lampooning this sort of statement that's been made by Liz Truss, Rishi Sunak. And yeah. Anthony is the better writer of the two of us, but by by a long way. Uh, when, when I attempt scripts, they they tend to be <laughs> too surreal, flight of fancy, and they're kind of going off going off topic in a way that is not actually helpful. Anthony's very good at, at kind of lasering in on mm. right. This is the very narrow avenue of comedy that we're going to exploit here yeah i, I actually I, it's uh, it's funny but that works in a duo where one has the the even even if colin is ranting he's he, he's the he's the uh he's the empathy as well because he speaks for the everyman if that in, in in many ways so that works as well but i just think when you're when you're doing that like it's it's hard especially in the medium that you're using on, on again back to twitter I, I hate to bring everything back to that medium but when you're in twitter it, it makes things um a bit more difficult uh, to put things across, like uh, I I make ridiculous jokes about Carthage all the time. Okay, no one no one laughs, no one gets them. And I've actually had people ring me and say, you know, people might take you a bit more seriously if you stop making all the Carthage jokes. <laughs> 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 I go, I am. It's like no, I will pour salt on whatever I want. You know, and, uh, absolutely, but, yeah, yeah. And, I'm going to do more Carthage jokes. 
as Ian think, Five, um, I, yeah. I have a separate Twitter account as Ian Five Ankles, which is not doing anywhere near as well as as Exploding Heads, but fine. Uh, I, I I posted something about a stained glass window and talking about in medieval times the Champions League was was drawn uh, the, the early stages of the Champions League happened on stained glass windows and because there was a little crest that looked like Watford a uh, stupid little idiotic thing photo on Twitter it really blew up and the nerdy comments that came off the back of that people really into medieval history yeah. It, it, the, that thread is one of the most uh, nothing to do with me I just did the first one but that thread is so entertaining because of the the, the nerdy kind of commitment to comedy from from football fans which, yeah, which that's is actually right. it's a really good the, the, the Venn diagram of football fans and nerdy comedy is a very healthy overlap and and TV commissioners commissioners in comedy through for years and years you send them a script or whatever and they say oh bit too niche that quite niche not sure that uh, not sure that that's going to have the audience and then now on Twitter mm. you've got extremely niche comedians who do really well and it's like great they found their you know they've definitely found their audience where they couldn't do on sort of mainstream television. I think it's fantastic to celebrate the niche. No, I mean, when, like, I mean, I, I'd say if you pick up some of your bigger videos and you're looking at the engagement, you know, you're into the millions on on some of the engagements on these sort of things, mm. and like, you you just can't pick that up elsewhere. It just doesn't work. And there's there's a there is a heft to it. Unfortunately, the problem is monetizing that, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, fortunately, uh, our main business model has been make funny things on Twitter and then a commissioner will eventually pay us to make something else for them. So that's how we've sort of survived for 10 years. Um, but yeah, monetizing the actual videos themselves, we are crap at. So yeah, like we just are just useless. We're, we're, we're good at when someone emails us saying, can you make this sort of thing for us and we'll pay you? We're very good at saying yes, um, but we're not so good at monetizing our own content. Except under 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 a video saying, "Oh, if you like this, do you want to give us some money, please?" Yeah, the, the, it's, it's literally all you can really do, isn't and, it? On and, Twitter, and the click through is minuscule. Like, oh know, yeah, like, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I I do I'll insert uh, uh, me asking people into these podcasts to support us on Patreon, and I just know I can see you know that the skip thirty second button that that's on the podcast. You can literally see everybody reaching for their phones and hitting the skip thirty second thing. It's like here, here he comes again looking for help. No. <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. It, it it is a very difficult thing. Just, just if I can ask you one big question, who who do you think has absolutely nailed it over that period of the last two years on the in the pandemic by emerged? Who who emerged that you saw went well? well wow, look at that! I didn't see that. Rosie Holt, Rosie Holt, without Rosie a shadow Holt, yeah. of a doubt. Yeah. Rosie Holt, Josh Berry, um, Alistair Green, Michael Spicer, uh, Eleanor Morton, um, uh, Larry Green. and Paul. So many amazing. Uh, I think. Matt I think. Green. I think. Matt Green might be the UK's political commentator of the year. Yeah, I mean, I you guys. Agree. You guys are pushing. Yeah. You guys are pushing him close at the moment. But completely I completely agree. Matt, yeah. No, but, he nails it every single time. Oh. I can't name a bad sketch he's ever done. You know, I have John Harrison from the Guardian who won political commentator of the year a couple few years ago, and I often tell him that he's nothing to Matt Green. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he's he's superb. He's such a nice man as well. 
He likes his cricket as well. <clears throat> so like, no, I've, I, I've got a lot of time for him. Yeah, yeah. See, see, this is where this is where cultural differences come in. But, mm. um, yeah, if you ever see any cricket stuff from us, just yeah, unfollow yeah, or mute. But, but, mute um, for the time we're talking. Lads, about. lads, what's uh, what's the um, what's the plan then to to try and obviously <clears> it's to get a commission to to, to build it out. But you, but is it? You think you, as you said, you, you've alluded to the fact that you think you can do more with, uh, with, with the political side of it, that, 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 that character and how you're going to actually bring it, the, the Colin and Anthony show to a sort of a larger piece and, and develop that. Is that, is that the ambition? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been working on that for, for a, a few months now. We're, we're, we've got a deck that we can take to, would be commissioners, but I, I think the, the live, the live scene is also worth exploring. Um, Twitter has been great, but I I do really miss that adrenaline kick of being in front of in front of an audience and you can feel their reaction. Yeah. And and I th- I think Colin. Well, the the one thing that doesn't lend itself to live is that we've never shown Colin. No one officially knows what he looks like, and that's quite a nice thing. Mm. Be ashamed to put a face to the name, but we'll have to if he's live, unless he does it from. Behind a mask or something, yeah, that'd be too weird. And, and Anthony, you're 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 uh, you're not in the way there, in 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 the hopes that this is that 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 that's just around the corner, yeah. Yeah, um, we we have actually got not for Colin, but for Ian Five Ankles, we've got a series coming up, um, an audio series which we're writing. Um, so we're really excited about that. That's that's been commissioned. So yeah, that so that's that already been commissioned, and we're in, we've written. 14 or 15 episodes of that. Okay, so that's of, a lot. Uh, a long run, yeah. It's called um, Sports so Horn. Sports Horn, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a parody <laughs> not, of um, not a, talk radio. Not at all, um, uh, not at all not in a wink there, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, so, so, uh, but if, if, you know, I really want to get something with Colin underway. Yeah. Um, it, I, I can already I can see tell it going it's really gonna, well. Te- it's going to terrify commissioners, though. I mean, they, 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 they it's such a the mainstream comedy and mainstream terrestrial television is so safe, mm. uh, largely because it has to be. But I, I, yeah, what, I, I can see what, us really struggling. What I've seen in 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 Ireland, and I know it's a much smaller uh, market, but there's you know there, there's um, comedians like uh, Darren Conway who literally, I think one of his one of his first videos was you know making a crisp sambo. Um, and you know, like literally going, this is, I'm going to teach you all now how to make a crisp sambo. And now he has like, he's not on RTE, but he's on RTE player. So his, his, his stuff streams on, on the, the national broadcasters player. Same with now with, uh, we have, um, Virgin Media is, is like a, uh, it's like our equivalent of, of, of ITV, I suppose, or whatever it is. And, and they have, they, well, they, Anthony and I have actually done, done something for Virgin Media. We did Media a sitcom in, in on Ireland, Virgin, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. With, uh, are, we, are we allowed to mention a brand? Of course. So Paddy Power commissioned a, a four part sitcom called The VAR Room. Okay. Uh, during the World Cup and we were, we were both in it and, and it got terrestrial release yeah. on, uh, on Virgin Media. Virgin Media. Now, see, see, in- see, Virgin Media Sport would be kind of, uh, it's, it's a fledgling thing. It's, it's gained. Now mm. they've bought a lot of rights. They've bought rights to, you know, Irish inter- uh, rugby internationals and, and things like that. Yeah. So they've, get, they've gathered a lot of, um, they, they've they've invested a good bit of money in so but it is quite it is quite new but then again that shows you though that there is that that element there but um you know we we'd find it quite we'd find it kind of you're right they played very safe in the mainstream but there's also other channels and they're all looking around now at the likes of podcasts and these and they're going well actually 
you know, like I like our market share as a little tortoise shack podcast platform is as good as as many domestic radio stations. They would love to have our, our yeah, and we have yeah, access. Yeah. To, and you know, yourself, guys, if you're listening to a podcast, you're probably more invested with those people you're listening to than. Absolutely, yeah. The engagement levels is is fantastic with podcasts. It feels like a very personal experience. Someone someone talking in your ear is like, and you can't hear anything else. It's brilliant. It feels really intimate in a good way. What I like, what I'd like is to someone to come to us. I'm sick of like just going, <laughs> <laughs> just it's going to happen. To meetings. Or it is never. starting to happen. Well, we're we're on this podcast because yeah, came yeah. To us, so yeah, I, I, I would like um, a commissioner to just go. Oh, that's good. Oh, could you do something for us? Yeah. Uh, instead of all of these emails you send off. Are we, uh, that get deleted. Tyg Hickey is another... get an auto-reply saying, I'm out, I'm out of office for the next six months. There's a, another <laughs> Irish sketch comedian, Tyg Hickey, was doing these kind of, um, you know, uh, two-minute Twitter videos where it was basically taking a, a historical event and maybe, um, you know, rewriting it. And quite often, the the, the poking fun at, at that little Englander mindset as well and got quite got quite controversial. But he's on stage. He's on stage now after getting commissioned to act as, as an actor in, in in parts and stuff. So he's right. Yeah, it's, Good for him. but it's great to see that that stuff is happening now. And he probably would have been looked upon as uh, not someone. Ty, I know Tyke, so he won't mind me saying that that the mainstream wouldn't touch because pretty out there in the left myself you know we kind of we're kind of unapologetically of the left but we know that there's an audience there and, and that and that if, if that's gonna if it's gonna actually make money well they'll you'll they'll soon not be too worried about those things last last yeah. last 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 sorry couldn't help it uh last thing <laughs> <laughs> anthony D, is it the news now that unfortunately uh you start your day with and then think i, I am i gonna have to write something about this yeah usually well yeah, it's like, oh, I've got three hours tomorrow, better, you know, free. I better uh, have a look at the news and then I look at the news the night before and I think of something and I write a sort of little script to my notes mm. on my phone and then it's it's almost irrelevant the next morning and then something else, some other shit has hit the fan. So, uh, so, yeah, it's usually very quick turnarounds. It's like something's just happened. We've got to put something out in an hour. It takes about... From writing to 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 putting it out on Twitter takes about an hour and a half of so we film it uh, so we write the script we record it um, I edit it and subtitle it and then just whack it out um, so yeah so it's like shit okay right we've got three hours it you know it's a window to do something something's just happened that's mad here we go and then Mark will say. Or, you know, it depends who writes it, but the other person will say, that's good, but how about this? And how, you know, there's a bit of a bit of a editing mm. job in terms of the scripts. Sometimes it's good to go straight away. Sometimes it's not. And then it's well, like, right, one of let's the reasons do it. We do a couple of takes and we're like, is that good? I don't know. Yeah. Just put it up. <laughs> well, we, we can't do too many takes because even though I have to do a full vocal warm up to do Colin, it takes his toll on my vocal cords so much that we can only do maximum five takes. So if we haven't got it by then, it's too late. I've, I've too lost late. my voice. Done. But one of the reasons Anthony's more prolific than me at writing these satirical scripts is that my wife has banned me from watching the news before bed. Yeah. And <laughs> rather than see the comedy in it, my first port of call is just outrage. And I go stomping up the stairs, and like I'm absolutely fuming at whatever idiotic thing has just happened, or what someone stupid has said, uh, and, and I can't sleep for ages. So I'm mm. banned 
So I've got no idea until the next morning what's actually mm, that's happening. That's not a that's a healthier pl- place to be than honestly now. Like I, I, I tend to put that phone on do not disturb from about nine thirty on. But unfortunately, it's healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I hit six a.m. and I'm devouring whatever else has happened, and then it's just, and then it's awful. Um, I, I feel like I must now comment on what's you know what 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 our local politician has done or said or or is you know what's what's this so yeah it is it is a monster and and unfortunately with social media lads you're the content you know if, that's right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah just get used to it get used to just having your phone screen 6 inches away from your face for 23 hours of your day like just waking up in the middle of the night and be like oh for some reason automatically i'm going to look at twitter for 3 minutes I mean, why do i do that why do I do that? And then write something. Just just unhealthy. Uh, uh, so unhealthy. I'd imagine your 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 draft tweets are are, are a, just an absolute a mess. mess. Yeah. <laughs> I can just, <laughs> just I, mess. I, 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 I'm projecting myself onto you here now, by <laughs> they the way. Are a mess. <laughs> There's so many shit ideas as well. Yeah, well it's like or dreams. You know when you have a dream and you're like, that's really funny, I'm gonna wake up and read that again in the morning and then burn it because yeah. it was so terrible. Oh no, no. <laughs> I, I, I I'm yeah, I'm that I'm that guy who just writes one line in, in a in a draft and says I'll come back to that and then I read it go what was I thinking yeah, exactly <laughs> and, right. and I'm not funny um, lads uh, look it's been an absolute pleasure as I said you, look folks it's at Exploding Heads on Twitter give them a follow absolutely do do buy them a coffee if you're if you're listening you're, if you're listening you're enjoying you're laughing it, it's, the link will be in this podcast bio we'll make it nice and simple for you so all you have to do is click on it when you're when you're listening well worth it and uh, we would love to see you guys uh, come over, come over across to the less, as I call it, the less insane island to your west. Um, it'd be nice. <laughs> be nice. I might even buy you a pint one e- one evening. You know, that would be amazing. That would I've be heard, great. I've heard pints are quite expensive in Dublin, so uh, I'll take that. I've the, I've I've one of the uh, my local is an absolute legendary spot. So we will say no more than that, right? Fair. Uh, okay, uh, cool. Mark Anthony, it's been a pleasure. Mark Anthony, that's terrible. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and, and we're going to go back to Carthage shortly. Carthage. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, actually, folks, coming up, uh, I've got Grace Blakely coming up soon. So we'll be talking to Grace about all things UK politics and the Enough Is Enough campaign pain as well so it never ends here thanks for listening and we will talk to you all very very soon take care bye bye tony and martin martin and tony speaking to interesting people only it's the echo chamber podcast subscribe now on patreon